This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There's only one. There's only one pod in the Motor City that's keeping you up to date on everything Detroit sports. This is The Daily Ticket with your host, Jeff Rieger. Hello, everybody. What's going on? Jeff Rieger, another episode of The Daily Ticket. This one for a Tuesday. It's the 23rd of January. It's 2024. And was yesterday a daze for you? Was yesterday a dream? How great was it? walking around realizing that the Detroit Lions are one game away from a Super Bowl. Something we never, ever thought would happen. If we're being completely honest as Detroiters, whether you wanted to think like this, whether you admit that you think like this, we all do. We never thought this was for us. Yeah, we love the NFL. We love the Lions. But any thought of an actual Super Bowl, it was always a pipe dream. Any thought of an actual Super Bowl, it was always a fantasy. In fact, I think we've all had our Super Bowl fantasies. You're lounging around one day, and you're thinking to yourself, what would it be? What would it be like to actually get to witness the Lions in a Super Bowl? To know that the Lions got to play in the big game during the bye week before the Super Bowl. Think of all the coverage. Think of all the stories. Think about the fact that the entire sports world would be focusing on you. We've all thought about it. We never thought it would happen to us, and now you're one game away. One game away, and the great thing about it is it's a winnable game. Go back to the last time the Lions went to the NFC title game. It was in 1992. I remember it well. I was a freshman in high school. I thought back then this was going to happen all the time. But even back then, and I was even dumber than I am now, right? Because I was young and stupid. Even back then, I knew the Lions had no chance against the Redskins team. That was going to pummel them. And what happened? They got pummeled. The point spread went up like 10 points when they saw Washington practicing pregame. Like, I kid you not, Detroit had no chance. But I always thought, okay, they'll get back. I was stupid. I didn't realize it was going to be 30 years that I would have a family by the time they got back. I never realized that back then. But over the course of the last 30 years, we all think it. We all believe it. We don't believe the Super Bowl's for us. We've been brainwashed. We've been beaten down. And now this team with those guys are one game away. You ever think about a Super Bowl fantasy? Like what you would do if the Lions were in the Super Bowl, we might get to find out. 
I came up with my plan years ago before I had a family. I always thought to myself I would go to the casino because I wouldn't be able to sleep. Neither would you. I go to the casino all Saturday night, probably stay out till five, six, seven in the morning, probably take a whole lot of money and gamble it away. Go home, hopefully fall asleep from sheer exhaustion, wake up, set about 17 alarm clocks to make sure I did wake up and then watch the game in total isolation. Maybe have one drink, but not too many because I want to be clear headed. I don't want to miss a detail. I don't want to forget a thing. I thought about this. Everybody has their Super Bowl fantasy. Maybe you would try to go to the game. Maybe you would spend your life fortune trying to get tickets because it would be expensive. I've already started looking at Las Vegas hotel rooms just because I'm curious. They're fucking expensive. Ridiculous. But we're one game away. We're one game away. And it truly is amazing. So here's what I want to do with this podcast. I'm going to give you some of the things that maybe we missed on Sunday. When a game of that magnitude happens, and we figured this out a week ago when you beat Stafford and the Rams, you kind of see some things slip through the cracks. You can't talk about everything in one podcast. Podcast only 15 to 20 minutes. You miss stuff, right? So I got some stuff that I highlighted that I want to give to you. Stuff that maybe we all missed on Sunday when the game was going on. And I did want to start with my elevator with the stars story. So at Ford Field, everybody in the media, the front office too, they watch the game way up on the seventh floor. So you get into the building and you take the elevator or the stairs if you want a little workout and you go all the way up to the seventh floor. But when the game ends, all the media converges on the elevator area. And of course, on Sunday, there were so many people and so much media that it became a little claustrophobic. It really did. <clears throat> anyway, we're waiting for the elevator. We must have shoved like 50 bodies into one single elevator. Literally no more room. And I was one of the last ones in, which meant I was right where the doors opened. And when you're going down seven floors, you know, there's a whole lot of fans trying to leave the building. So they are summoning the elevator. So you're going to stop on your way down. We started at seven. Then we stopped at five. Door opens up. Who do I see? Bob Seeger. You know, Detroit's own big time rock star. Big time Lions fan. Bob Seeger wanted to get onto the elevator. And I'm like, oh, Bob, I love you, baby. I love you. However, there's no room. Look around. We denied Bob Seeger. Like in a different world, Bob might have thought like somebody would get out so he could get in. But he had to wait for the next elevator. How about that? A rock star having to wait. Kind of felt good. But at the same time, I'm like, holy crap. That was Bob Seeger. So that was the fifth floor. We go down to the third floor. Elevator opens. Again, I'm in front. I see Jeff Daniels. First Bob Seeger, then Jeff Daniels. Jeff Daniels from like Dumb and Dumber. Jeff Daniels from one of the more underrated TV shows of all time, The Great Newsroom. Sensational show. If you haven't watched it, it's like 10 years old, maybe a little older. Check it out on HBO or Cinemax. Fabulous. Jeff Daniels wanted to get in the elevator. Nope. Sorry. So we've denied Seeger on the fifth floor. Daniel's on the third floor. And then we went all the way out into the basement. 
And as people were filing out of the elevator, guess who was in our elevator? Calvin Johnson. So Bob Seeger, Jeff Daniels, and Calvin Johnson. All within the span of like, I don't know, a minute and a half. Awesome. You know the Lions must be in the postseason. All of the Detroit stars were out. I was hoping I'd see Eminem, but I'm pretty sure he's got like some secret entrance that they get him in and out of. But that's my elevator with the stars story. I don't know if that was entertaining or not. I don't know if that was good content, but I did want to share it with you because I did feel special hanging out with the stars of Detroit. Here's the other thing I wanted to tell you about. And I know this went under the radar because it's from the Buck side of things. When the Lions are one game away from the Super Bowl, the traders are not going out searching for Bucks content. That's what I'm here for. So remember last week, it was all about Kelly Stafford and Matthew Stafford. Matthew loses, go to the podium, and he says, I'm happy for the players, but not for the city of Detroit. Like he played here 12 years. I thought that was a bitchy comment. I think we all did. People wondered, well, maybe we booed him so Matthew was upset. We proved to you that Matthew was not upset by the booing. He actually was probably invigorated by it because he was mic'd up during the game. He was just being a little butthurt because Detroit beat him. And he realized Jared Goff was a better quarterback than him, maybe. Okay, maybe I've gone too far, but whatever. Let me roll with it. So Matthew Stafford showed you how not to be grateful, how not to be classy. Kelly Stafford went on her podcast, the fans booed my kids. Then she realizes how she sounded. She sounded ridiculous. She walked it back. But the fans booed me. No, they didn't, Kelly. They were booing the Rams. Although maybe they booed you. I don't know. But between Matthew and Kelly, it was ridiculous. But then Baker Mayfield comes to town. Baker Mayfield, a reclamation project like Matthew Stafford, a first overall pick of the draft. Flamed out in Cleveland. Flamed out in Carolina. Caught on for a couple games with the Rams last year. Should have beat the Seahawks. Screwed the Lions because he couldn't, even though he did, because the NFL came out and said that was the worst officiated game of the year. But whatever, nobody's, nobody's holding grudges here. You're one game away from the Super Bowl. But I thought this comment was interesting from Baker Mayfield because Matthew Stafford was here for 12 years. You thought he would be happy for the city of Detroit. Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield is happy for the city of Detroit. Take a listen. I thought this was fantastic. Uh, yeah, this is a great atmosphere. You can tell this city's had a lot of pent-up emotion uh, and been waiting a, a long time for this. Um, I can't say that I exactly went through it in Cleveland when we went made our playoff run because it was COVID year, but uh, th this place, they've earned that. Dan Campbell's done a hell of a job turning this thing around. Jared, I'm happy for Jared. Um, and they have a lot of good players, and so they play hard. You can tell this city, uh, they play for each other. And so it, it was a great atmosphere, and, uh, yeah, they got the best of us. So there you go, Baker Mayfield. Sounds like he's happy for the city of Detroit. He gets it. He understands. He played in Cleveland. They're rabid football fans as well. Baker Mayfield just showed Matthew Stafford that when you lose, you can still be classy. I thought that was pretty cool. I did. What also was cool was Dan Campbell and his locker room celebration. So the Lions do a great job of this. Their social media team is awesome. 
And every time the Lions win throughout the course of the season, they show you Dan Campbell's celebration in the locker room. You knew this one was going to be special considering you're one game away from the Super Bowl. Derek Barnes, of course, is going to get the game ball. You know he will because he got the pick to end the game in the fourth quarter. Take a listen to Dan Campbell in the locker room. I love when the Lions do this. This one's awesome. You guys, you guys are unbelievable, man. I, I'm telling you, we talked about it all, all year. This started a long time ago. You're built for this. You were built for this, man. And look what you guys did. You went out there and the what? It's another hot team that we knocked off. It's the next hot team that you knock off. You know how hard it is to win this league in the playoffs? Do you understand what you're doing right now? What we're capable of? That's two. All right? That's two. We got two to go. With a bye in the middle. With a bye in the middle. I'm unbelievably proud of everybody in here, man. Coaches, players. That's a way to mount up, man. That's not a, that's a, that's a f***ing difficult team to beat, man. All right? I got one game ball. Man, in the game, you can play Derek Barnes. Hey, man, love y'all boys, man. Uh, from the support and the linebacker room, the coaches, staff, organization, offense, man. Uh, three years, man. It took me three years to get the first interception. But, uh, it, it, but it, mean, it means more because the people who believed in me. You know, a lot of people didn't. The room, this ball, you know, I got to give it to the linebacker room because I said we was going to bring one back, and God, we did. And you got to believe how far we can go, man. Yep. Believe it now. Believe it now. Uh, this is a good win. Enjoy it, man. Yo, yo, yo. This comes once in a lifetime. Like Alex used to tell me, man, a lot of people don't make it this far, but we did, man. I love everybody in this room, man. Everybody in here deserves it. That's why we're here, like Coach said. Hey, man, time to prepare for San Fran. All right, you got to love that. My favorite part of that entire thing, other than Derek Barnes getting the game ball, said it took him three years to get a pick. By the way, he's got a two-week-year-old son. I guess it would be two-week-old, not two-week-year-old. But he's got a two-week son. Two-week-old son at home, and he's going to give that game ball to him. Pretty awesome. His son was at the game. So he gets the big pick. Lions get the big win. And I just got this text from a buddy. This is the sports page from the New York Post. Look at that. If you're watching on YouTube, the real America's team. Lovable Lions just one way from Super Bowl after beating Bucks. How about that? Did he ever think that was going to happen? The answer is probably not. What else do I have for you? What else did we maybe miss? I have some great Jared Goff stats. I wanted to throw your way very quickly. How about Jared Goff in the postseason averaging a 112 rating? That's pretty damn good. First time in the postseason on Sunday, he threw for more than one touchdown. Jared Goff in 40 games has a passer rating of 99.7 with the Lions. He has 50 more touchdowns than picks. He makes people around him better. Laporta, St. Brown, Reynolds, J-Mo. And more than anything, he's our quarterback. 
Like, we knew this last week when Dan Campbell gave him the game ball and said, you're good enough for Detroit. He's going to get paid. It's going to be a lot of money. Nobody gives a fuck. Pay the man. Lock him up. And yes, does he have his limitations? Of course. Is he mobile? No. We don't care. We don't need to talk about this. Find a way to protect the man, and he will shred you. Just like he did to Tampa, just like he did to L.A., and just like he's going to do against the Niners, at least in my opinion. We'll talk more about Jared Goff as the week comes to a close. Lions also have 14 wins, most ever in franchise history. Lions also have won back-to-back playoff games. That's never happened in the franchise as well. And they have not won a road playoff game in like 70 years. The last one was against the Niners. They just happened to be playing the Niners. All good. All good things. What else? How about this? C.J. Gardner-Johnson got his troll revenge. You know, he trolled Baker Mayfield. He said early on that the Bucs offense would be good if they had a good quarterback. Baker heard that, said CJGJ should watch more film because he named a guy that hasn't played a snap all year at receiver. Then CJGJ tweeted out, I watch film, and it was a picture of Tom Brady smashing his Surface tablet because C.J. Garner-Johnson picked him off. He then deleted that tweet. Well, C.J. Garner-Johnson is back, people. He's tweeted again, and this time it's a picture of him handing the ball to Baker Mayfield after he picked Baker off. Now, that's fucking awesome. That's so good. We like Baker. Baker was classy in the loss, but that is fucking cool. I love C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Also, speaking of trolling, how about Amon Ross St. Brown? He gets the touchdown in the fourth quarter. What does he do? He does the Baker Mayfield dance. I didn't pick up on that. I saw that on Monday morning when I woke up. Somebody tweeted it out. I had no idea. That's pretty awesome as well. I like when the Lions are trolling teams, not when they're getting trolled like so many years in the past. Also, I got a big revelation. I want to save it for tomorrow. Something I realized in the locker room walking around Sunday at Ford Field. So we'll do that on tomorrow's podcast. But before we go, I want to bring you one more thing. Because I had no idea this was even a thing, but it was. So Todd Bowles might have really screwed up. At the very end of the game, you remember what happened. Derek Barnes picked up Baker Mayfield. And that was it. It was over. It was a two-play drive for the Bucs, second and five at the Tampa Bay 15. It was a great pick by Barnes. He went up to grab it, great hands, secured it, said after the game, no way he's dropping it, right? So the Lions take over the football. First and 10 at Tampa Bay's 28. There was 133 left to go in the game. Jared Goff, victory formation, kneels. Then second 11 at 106. Jared Goff, victory formation, kneels. Then third and 12, there's 34 seconds left in the game, people. 34 seconds left in the game. Bucks got a timeout. For some reason or another, Todd Bowles did not call a timeout. You call a timeout, it's an eight-point game. Maybe Michael Badgley misses a 48-yard field goal. It isn't run-of-the-mill, right? Badgley, despite making a 54-yarder the week before, 
isn't a great kicker. You could miss it. Or maybe you block the field goal, go the other way, get the two-point conversion, and send that game to overtime. Todd Bolstein called the timeout. Now, would the Bucs have won? Probably not. But don't you have to exhaust every opportunity to win a football game? That's a bad move by Todd Bowles. Post-game, he said, well, you know what? They were going to get a field goal anyway. would have been a two-score game. That's why I didn't call the timeout. No! He might have missed the field goal. Or maybe you blocked the field goal. Crazy shit happens in the postseason. And I'm not saying it would have happened. But go back there like Kirk Cousins and Steph Diggs. Remember what happened in that game against the Saints? Last play of the game? Diggs scores the touchdown? Got to call the timeout, Todd. That's a bad job. I'm actually on my way to Florida as I speak right now. Going to go play a little golf. I'm going to ask the people in Florida how they feel about that decision. But that's going to do it for the daily ticket. Stuff you might have missed on Sunday. Tomorrow, a shocking revelation from the Lions locker room. We'll give that to you and more. Lions are one game away from the fucking Super Bowl. Can you believe it? I still can't. Catch you tomorrow. See ya.